Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about Trump's special master ruling threatens the Democrat Party. You're not kidding. Uh, Executive Order 14067 and the central bank digital currency. I believe Clay Clark is joining us today to talk about that. Uh, The Brits are getting desperate. A game show to help you pay your energy bills and Biden's MAGA meltdowns. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. Hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Most of you probably heard that over the weekend, a judge did order the uh, court, ordered a special master in this ongoing dispute between President Trump uh, and the Department of Justice, the Biden administration. And I want to make some really, really important points about that, that I think I want to have you contemplate because it's amazingly important. Um, and um, I'm going to do one thing. Uh, Joe, I'm sending you the link to send the email thing to, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. Have a little trouble with our guest. We have our guest today, I guess, uh, who is going to be joining us. Clay Clark just hung up a moment ago. We're trying to get him um, on board uh, to get us connected. Somehow we had a failure of... of um, failure to connect, and so we are quick doing that right now. So I'm going to tell that to, um, send it to Joe, and he can send this link. Okay, send the link to that email thing I just said. Okay, so sorry. Hey, this is, you know, how sausage is made. So my friends, there are actually very, very serious issues surrounding this special master that was ordered by a judge uh, in connection with President Trump's dispute with the Department of Justice concerning the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Now, understand, and I, I, I'm a lawyer by background, I'm not, but I'm not going to get totally wonky on the legal things because the legal issues do matter. I want to quickly hit them. Part of what occurred in any time a judge issues a search warrant, signs off on a search warrant, you have to declare with specificity what you are looking for, that there's probable cause. The judge has found the prosecutor presented probable cause that certain items would be found. And the reason you need those items, and so the, um, so the, the, uh, what this particular search warrant did at Mar-a-Lago, it was so broad, it basically said anything you can possibly think that might somehow make Trump look bad. That wasn't the exact language, but it was so broad, it allowed them to go into Mar-a-Lago and literally the FBI search involved going through Melania's personal items drawer, her uh, you know lingerie drawer, searching Barron's room, Barron, the president and Melania Trump, Trump's son, uh, and took many, many documents with them. Many of those documents, President Trump is arguing, are in some way privileged. Either they are attorney-client privileged, which are, you know, still sacred, whether you're, you were the president a year ago or, you know, whatever time you had in a, an actual attorney-client privileged communication, that privilege holds, that privilege remains and cannot be removed just because someone's really curious to see what you said with your lawyer. So as attorney-client privilege, there's also an, ex- an issue with respect to executive privilege. And executive privilege is a privilege recognized in law that applies to attaches to the President of the United States. 
Trump is saying part of what may have been taken, or it appears was taken from Mar-a-Lago, are items that he would say he would exert executive privilege over. This is an issue of first impression. The question of whether or not, now that Trump is no longer president, does his privilege, his executive privilege, still attach to the items that related to, that were privileged at the time he was president, that he viewed as having the executive privilege when he was president? So there's that issue. And then the uh, breadth, I mentioned a minute ago why it's so important in search warrants as part of the protection the Fourth Amendment provides against unreasonable search and seizure is you can't get an, a search warrant, you're not supposed to, from a judge that basically says, go in that person's house or place of business and take everything you can possibly find that might be suspicious. You can't do that. That's not legal. And so the question whether the search warrant was overly broad or whether it was executed and executed in a way that expanded beyond what the search warrant should rightfully have asked for. President Trump is now pointing out in the documents that the FBI just basically cleaned out Mar-a-Lago, took with them medical records which have nothing to do with whatever their search warrant issues are, uh, tax records, just a, a wide swath of documents taken out of Mar-a-Lago. So that doesn't seem like there's much in the way of a practical question about whether or not possibly the search warrant was overly broad, whether there was actual um, you know, probable cause for it to be issued at all, and then in its execution, did they go beyond the scope of what the, uh, the search warrant permitted them to be looking for? With a larger question, so those will be resolved by the special master. Right now, there's an argument by the uh, Department of Justice that the special master thing is, and not just Department of Justice, all these left-wing uh, lawyer pundit types are spewing and spouting the idea that there's no way that President Trump gets to exert executive privilege because Biden waived it for him. I mean, Biden's saying, well, you know, the, or the Biden administration said, we have the executive privilege now because Biden's the executive, so Trump doesn't have it anymore. And you have people on the left just hysterical over the idea that this judge, this federal court judge in Florida, someone who was appointed to the bench, a woman judge appointed to the bench by Trump, whether she should have found for a special master, have awarded, uh, agreed with President Trump's request for a special master. All these legal issues will be hammered out, and they need to be hammered out. And if there ever was a case in all of American history where a special master should be required, this is a case of literally in the first time since the formation of this great country, we have the incumbent administration acting very much like Stalin did in Russia, going after the previous administration, just basically trying to find something to bring this guy down. This is a this is how we look at and we used to mock and ridicule third world countries and other countries that just could not have anything approaching a rational uh, change in power without the newly uh, empowered people going after and trying to destroy their political enemies. But this is what the Biden administration appears to be doing, just trying to destroy President Trump. So regardless of how the court ultimately resolves the attorney-client privilege questions, the executive privilege questions, this is an issue which every single American should care about, whether you, whatever your political affiliation, whatever your opinion of Biden or Trump or anyone else in politics, if we're going to go down the path of having the new administration literally use the power of the government, the law enforcement agencies of the government to go after the previous administration and try to find something, and this was a fishing expedition beyond any description, and the previous efforts that the DOJ made to float ideas well, you know, because we thought he took the nuclear codes with him, that uh, 
explanation, justification dissolved almost instantly when people realized they changed nuclear codes regularly all the time. And so whatever the code was when he left the office is irrelevant now. And when he was president, he, of course, had that power. Of course, he had that power because he was the president and he had the ultimate power to um, to have a nuclear codes and access to the highest level of classified information there is. There's also the legal question pending of whether or not Trump who, when president, had the right, had the absolute right as the commander-in-chief, the highest official in America, has the right to declassify documents if he chooses to. And that's part of his defense. Even if you say what I had in my possession were things that perhaps at one point were classified, he, Trump, is saying, I, as president, declassified them. And so therefore, they're not classified. It's not a problem. I have them in my possession. All those legal issues will be resolved, and believe me, we'll be all over it in this show. And I want to close out the first five by saying this. If we allow this kind of astonishing, unprecedented, personal, malevolent, and just lawless action out of the administration because they won and they want to silence the next minute. They want to silence their predecessor. They want to mock and ridicule and put him down. We are truly way, way, way down the path of losing the rule of law in, the, in America. I'm going to come back to this topic later in the show when I talk about Biden's MAGA speeches. You know, he talked about, uh, Biden talked about this whole, um, in this in this speech Independence Hall, and again on Labor Day, he's just railing about MAGA and the MAGA Republicans, let me just make clear what he really is saying. All, all that he really is saying is that he, Biden, is livid that the American people still dare, dare to challenge him, challenge his administration on the legitimacy of the 2020 election. That's all he's talking about. We'll talk about that much more later today. But this is a, these are very serious times in America, very serious times for this ex-president, for the current president, to show the world they actually have some commitment to the rule of law and the peaceful transfer of power, which it appears they mostly do not have. And this issue of resolving the search warrant as executed on uh, Mar-a-Lago is going to eventually make its way to the Supreme Court. And let us hope we have a court that is not as feeble and as... Um, uh, weak, dangerous, uh, just unwilling to follow the law because what they did at Mar-a-Lago was outrageous, simply outrageous. Many people figured this out. The search warrant was so broad as to be absurd. Any judge in a normal case would throw it out. And yet you have the deal. And, and the other one, actually, one last really quick point on this first five or first 10. Okay, we're a little long. But I want to make this point because it really matters. If the Department of Justice, as they were contemplating, actually raiding the president's home, recognizing the unprecedented nature of that, every single step they made along the way should have been, they ought to have been double and triple sure they were dotting all their I's, crossing all their T's, following the law to a T, not in the slightest, slightest getting close to the line of breaking the law. That's what the DOJ and FBI should have done as they were preparing to execute the search warrant on Mar-a-Lago. Therefore, they should not be slightly worried about a special master. The DOJ is already talking about possibly appealing this ruling that the special master be appointed. They're actually talking about the idea that's outrageous. And as I said earlier, all these left-wing pundits are whining and moaning and wringing their hands about the idea that there's a special master who's actually going to look at the question of whether or not the DOJ and the FBI acted lawfully in what they did in going after President Trump and searching Mar-a-Lago. 
if you, this is not a case where, you know, everyone welcomes a, a review of everything they've done legally. This is of utmost importance. The idea that DOJ isn't welcoming the special master, can't, that the DOJ can't wait to show the special master all the reasons they felt they had probable cause and why they went to the judge, what the judge said they could look for, and how they carefully executed the search warrant to comply with the terms of the search warrant. The DOJ, the FBI wants nothing to do with that. They don't want to have to justify their actions. And my view is it's because they probably can't. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. Okay, so I believe we have, yes, sirree, okay, we have Clay Clark joining us. Uh, he's joined us numerous times on this show before. Clay Clark is just a, uh, a wonder um, in the world of um, talk shows, not just talk shows. He hosts... Um, he hosts a talk show he, himself. He also, though, uh, has become very prominent nationally because he is working on bringing out for the American people many, many speakers organizing these tours, Reawaken America tours. He brings speakers of all kinds around the country. And this is because we're at a time of such danger and peril and, and unprecedented legal issues occurring in America. So Clay Clark has organized the Reawaken America tours, uh, going all over the country, bringing wonderful speakers and formative speakers, telling the American people what's happening, reawakening their love of America and their appreciation for America. Um, and so he organizes, though, he's just uh, always great to have on. Um, he has many more things I can say about him, but I, I think instead I'll just bring him on. So let's welcome to the show, Clay Clark. Okay. Hey, I appreciate you allowing me to be here. Your studio looks awesome, by the way. It, I mean, you always have a great studio, but it's looking great. Well, thank you. Well, this one, I, I know we're talking, this one's a satellite studio, and I just had a studio built in our home, which I'm going to start using in about two weeks. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, well, it's fun. Okay. Yeah. We, and um, it's great to see you. Well, I want to, when we were, I was communicating with your scheduler person, uh, she was talking about the idea uh, that you have been really wanting to get down and talk about the um, executive order that uh, President Biden signed. I think it's yep. 14067, executive order 14067, and this whole concept of um, well, I'll let you start. Is that President Biden is kind of getting in the middle of digital currency? I'd love to have what your hear where your concerns are. Well, you know, uh, just as an example, today I was just talking to Eric Trump this morning about uh, the hosting of our website, you know, timetofreeamerica.com. Uh, Debbie, you've dealt with this with censorship. When you did your uh, uh, breaking news with Dr. Richard Bartlett, where you shared about the treatments for COVID-19 and other, you know, the 100% the, the, the effective and affordable treatments for COVID-19, um, you were one of the most heavily censored shows in America at that time. Well, this Executive Order 14067, Executive Order 14067, would allow um, a government to censor your money in the way that social media censors uh, your content. So, you know, when you did, did an interview with Dr. Richard Bartlett, social media simply turned off your interview and it was very hard to find. And now social, and now these same people, these same globalists that wish to censor the truth about COVID-19, they will be able to turn on and off your currency Beginning on December 13th, that's December 13th of 2022, per Executive Order 14067. So I encourage everyone tonight, write down that number, Executive Order 14067. And I don't care whether you're listening right now and you're a billionaire or you're a thousandaire or you have $12 in your bank account, that money can be and will be frozen, just like it has been in Canada and any other communist country if Executive Order 14067 is allowed to stand. Okay, I love that. And I will tell our friends, I, um, 
I did go look at the order this morning. It's quite lengthy, but uh, that Biden signed. But this is, you know, it's interesting, Clay, how leftists who want to try to control you can always find really nice ways of describing and really helpful ways of describing what they're doing. So, for example, under this one, the Federal Reserve, under this order, is tasked with looking into how a central bank digital currency, which the acronym is CBDC, people say that really fast, but what it is is current central bank digital currency, CBDC, uh, the idea of possibly creating that, and then evaluating steps along the way and requirements for implementing one. So this concept then to understand how the government would do this, because you're, you're right about the other ways in which people are controlled, but you think, well, if I earn my money, it's sitting in my bank, I don't have to worry yeah. about it. And in Canada, the, the, as you say, the farmers found out, yeah, the banks can take your money away, shut your account. But what would you, I mean, is the idea that eventually the government would have a role in controlling what the banks do, or is it really, is it tied in with turn, uh, moving to digital currency? Well, we're just under, we're just over 90 days away from this happening. So it's September 6th, and we're talking December 13th. And so if you read section four, if you're listening right now, folks, I encourage you to do a search for Executive Order 14067. Read the whole thing, but I encourage you to also read section four. And if you read section four, Government will have the ability to freeze your money. This is programmable central bank digital currency. And all of this, Debbie, is to usher in this technology called Internet of Bodies. And for anybody out there that says, what? Go to timetofreeamerica.com, timetofreeamerica.com forward slash revelation, like the book in the Bible, timetofreeamerica.com forward slash revelation. And you're going to see that many of the shots that exist today, these uh, what are called vaccines, they're RNA modifying nanotechnology shots, meaning that if you put the shot inside your body, um, it is possible to track your whereabouts and where you are going if this surveillance goes under the skin. And if you don't want to put that technology in your body, a technology that many people are describing as mark of the beast technology, um, that makes sense. I don't want to put it in my body either. However, once they put Executive Order 14067 out there and they implement it, then you and I, if we wanted to be able to buy a burrito from Taco Bueno um, using our money, we would have to then be a part of the system. Another example would be Starbucks is going cashless. Why Starbucks going cashless? Think about this. If you went to Starbucks and you had a million dollars in your bank account, but you only have cash, with you, Starbucks won't sell you a coffee. This is what we're talking about. We are moving into a time and place where the, 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 the World Economic Forum is beginning to showcase their ultimate plan, and that is to implement a what they call a Certificate of Vaccination IDAI. COVID-19 stands for Certificate of Vaccination IDAI. This book right here is called COVID-19, The Great Reset. And this is Klaus Schwab's vision that he's been working on since 1971. So in 1971, Henry Kissinger told Klaus Schwab to start the World Economic Forum. And in 1971, Henry Kissinger pushed Richard Nixon to get us off the gold standard. And now here we are living through the fulfillment of this 50-year plan, Debbie. It is truly terrifying. And my concern is that most people, if it weren't for shows like yours, would have no idea that Executive Order 140 Six seven even exists. Okay, I want to jump in because this is, I, I really want to have people understand because I will tell you, Clay, and I know you know this too from all the public speaking you do and the events you put on, some things that people who really stay up in the news, when we say things, people say, well, that's not really happening or that's just an exaggeration. That's, well, that's not going to happen. So I want to try to run through a little bit about how this would happen because 
to your point a moment ago, if there is a central bank control, then, and you believe you have your money and you worked really hard and you did a good job saving, like a grandma taught you, and you, ha you have an account you can use, you're saying that the ultimate outcome of this is that even though you've got the money, if, you, if it's cashless society, so you don't have a $10 bill in your hand to pay for your coffee, you're, you're going trying to do it all digitally. If the government's in the no. middle of it, the government can say, actually, you know what, you're, you're off track on your, on your uh, either your vaccinations or you did something else you're supposed to do, so you can't get access to your own money. Is that accurate as a start? You're correct, and I'll tell you kind of a funny story. Uh, years ago, okay, we're talking like 12 years ago, I was an Entrepreneur of the Year from the Small Business Administration. I had one of these awards, and a group asked me to come speak in Wisconsin. So I travel up to Wisconsin, and I get on the plane, Debbie, no problem. I land, and you know how your credit card can be demagnetized? You know, yeah. your card can be demagnetized. So my credit card wasn't working. And so I thought, I'll, it's okay, I'll use my backup card. Well, the backup card was in my wife's name. And so the rental car company in this small town in Wisconsin, they said, sir, we can't let you have access to a rental car unless the card matches your name. So I had to literally take a taxi cab from the, a guy I could find who was willing to use my wife's credit card and if it wasn't for his benevolence, I would not have been able to get to my speaking event. But once I got to my speaking event, I said, could you drive me to my hotel? Well, Debbie, guess what? The hotel says, sir, we can't let you stay in this hotel room unless you have a card that matches your name. And I'm not exaggerating. This is a true story. I had to pay my taxi driver to actually rent a hotel for himself and for myself and to pay his hourly rate to spend the night at the hotel so that I could have a place to sleep because I had no way to buy or sell. This is a real thing. And you say, well, yeah. what happened to your other luggage? You know how it happens when you fly sometimes, they lose your luggage. So I didn't have any cash. And I experienced just a little bit of what it would be like uh, living in that world. And that was years ago. And I thought to myself, wow, moving forward, I'm always going to carry hundreds of dollars of cash on myself when I travel. I'm also going to carry at least three backup credit cards. <laughs> but yeah. at the time, I wasn't thinking like that. Now think about how crazy our world would be. Listen right now, folks, what would happen if you were unable to buy or sell? So I just encourage everybody as an action item today, I have four quick action items. One, if you can tell your legislator, tell your senator, tell your congressman, tell your governor, tell your lieutenant governor, let them know about Executive Order 14067. That's something we can do. It takes 15 minutes to do it. Tell them all about Executive Order 14067. Two, if you go to timetofreeamerica.com, the reason why Cash Patel, General Flynn, and I've invited you to come speak at our events and you knocked it out of the park the first time, the reason why we do these events and why we let people name their price is because we want to get the truth out there. So if you want to come join us at the Reawaken America Tour in Pennsylvania in October or September, we're going to Washington, Idaho. We have just under 500 tickets remaining for the Washington uh, event there, the Washington-Idaho uh, uh, border. You can get those tickets at timetofreeamerica.com. And third, if you're looking for a COVID-19 vaccine religious exemption. People still need those every day. Or if you're looking for a job that doesn't require the COVID-19 shots, you can get all of that at timetofreeamerica.com. And when you fill out that button, it goes to a team of pastors and these pastors will call you and get you a COVID-19 vaccine religious exemption. And as of today, the team just passed 75,000 COVID-19 vaccine religious exemptions that Pastor Jackson Lawmeyer and Pastor Leon Benjamin have signed. So we're trying to give you practical solutions to I love that. I love the practical solutions. I want to harp one more on this exact uh, point on this one more um, executive 14067, that order. 
you know, there have been people talking about in China, there's a social credit score system. And so you have, and in fact, one, a speaker on my upcoming summit is going to talk about this, that in China it has just become customary. You understand you have a certain social credit score based on your compliance with the government's demands and requirements, and some tied to COVID. And it may be because you pay your rent on time or pay your mortgage on time or whatever the different requirements or criteria are. So if you fail to do those things, if you have somehow a glitch in your little resume in the eyes of the Chinese government, and so you want to buy an airline ticket or you want to buy a plane ticket or you want your kid to get to go to a certain school, your social credit score can tell them, the government says, sorry, you don't, you don't meet the standard, so you can't do these things. So you, your freedom is actually limited by their social credit score system. And this person uh, I'm talking about, I was going to talk about this uh, in October at our thing, uh, is saying, you know, when you start to agree with the government that they can have vaccine yep. passports, that can say, well, you don't, you're not vaccinated, so therefore you can't fly here, can't do this. Well, what we're talking about here, Clay, is the same, it's, it's the same kind of thing. It's the notion that the government's going to assess your behavior yep. and decide, based on your behavior, whether you get your freedom or not. And I always have this thought, Clay, I think it all the time, you know, when things are happening that are really bad and you can foresee a bad future, you get, I get thinking about, you know, I don't want to have us wake up one day and we realize we can't access our money or we can't get on the airplane. We can't do the things we're supposed to be able to, we should be able to do. And we'll be saying then, why didn't someone warn us? Why didn't we realize? Why didn't we stop it? Well, that's the kind of thing that you do, Clay. I, I love all that you do. And I love that you try to raise the alarm bell because this idea, honestly, when you're, uh, we, I was texting with your scheduler about this executive order, I hadn't even focused on it. And I'm pretty much a wonk. I mean, I read all the time. Well, can I, can I say this? And this is something, again, a big credit to you and the people that we try to surround ourselves with on the Reawaken America Tour and the events you organize. You and I try to surround ourselves with people that share facts. And those facts are going to go against sometimes the rah-rah speeches and the feelings we want to hear. And although there is a place and space for encouragement and rah-rah, there's a place for that. Um, we focus on facts. And, and these facts, um, just so we're clear on the Reawaken America tour, I mean, President Trump has seven people close to him. He has Cash Patel, Peter Navarro, General Flynn, Eric Trump, et cetera. Five of them are on the tour now, Debbie. Five of them. And so five of general of President Trump's closest people are on the tour, and we talk about these things behind the scenes, and I just encourage people, go to rumble.com tonight, rumble.com, and simply type in executive order 14067. Type it in, and I have put up about 45 videos. Some of them are short. Some of them are long, and you can really dive into it, and you can see all the links. It's all cited right there, but this is a really a game uh, stopper, a, a show stopper, a game ender for the Patriots movement, if, if Executive Order 14067 is allowed to stand, then America no longer has a freedom plan. So we've got to expose the truth about Executive Order 14067 today. Okay. Is there litigation about this? Because I was reading this thinking, isn't someone challenging the constitutionality of this executive order? I mean, in part, it says it, the order actually at, orders the um, Federal Reserve to look into how you would have a central bank digital currency. So maybe it's premature to challenge it because it's just looking into it. I'm but trying to get I'm trying to get this right now to Team DeSantis. And I know people that know Ron very well. I don't know Ron DeSantis. I wish I would know him, but I do not know him. But many people I, I speak to on a daily basis do talk to him on a daily basis. So I'm trying to get this to Ron DeSantis and Christy Noem and a few of the governors who have been more outspoken against the Great Reset, and uh, hopefully something can be done. But that's what I'm trying to do. I love that. I do think it's one of those things, among many, many other things that the Biden administration does. It's uh, no one voted for this. 
No one asked them to do it. No one is, he didn't run and saying, hey, by the way, after I'm two years, I mean, he didn't win the election, we'll leave that aside, but after two years, uh, we'll have the federal government control of all currency and it'll be digital currency. And so we'll be able to control your behavior and punish right. you. We, we are allowing these things, or these things are occurring without permission, agreement of the American people, but it takes courts to step up and, and stop it and say no. But the, the, I, I'm really hoping someone does litigate over this. I really do hope people take action. And again, folks, to, to see all the resources we talked about on today's show, you can go to timetofreeamerica.com. Again, that's timetofreeamerica.com. I reference that website because it is literally like the encyclopedia of all of these topics. So many people who are experts on our stage will say, Clay, you need to read this. Boom. And what do I do? I put it, I cite it, I resource it, I organize it at timetofreeamerica.com. I know you do. I'm, I was going to push that timetofreeamerica.com. And I'll also say, Clay, you know, there are people who are, who figure things out in life and they think, oh good, I figured it out, I understand. And as long as their little life is protected, they don't wanna get out on the limb and tell other people they don't wanna to take slings and arrows for speaking up about things. I really wanna commend you on that subject. You have been pushing for truth, for facts, for, for on COVID, COVID remedies, on finding jobs where you don't have to have a COVID jab. I mean, you really are a, a man of genuine principle and action. I appreciate everything you do very much. Thank you so much, Debbie. Well, I can't wait to see your new studio here. You guys always do a great job. Thank you. Thank you. And Clay Clark, thank you so much for joining me today. We'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, folks, if you're listening on radio, you're about to zip off to a break at the bottom of the hour. Um, I do want to tell you on radio, uh, very quickly, you can always watch this show online at americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org, and you can come later because you can go off to a three-minute break coming up here in about 10 seconds, but you, later you can go back to our website, watch the whole show, uh, find out what you missed, and um, but do come back. We have much more coming after your break. And there you go. Okay, for everybody else listening, I tell you, I want to go back a little bit to what I was talking about in the first five, um, just very briefly, and it kind of ties into um, what we're going to talk about the rest of the show, but the special master ruling, uh, I really want you to keep this concept in mind. President Biden was asked whether or not he signed off on, was aware, you know, whatever happened at Mar-a-Lago, uh, and this searching, this absolutely unprecedented search, and so far as anyone can tell, unjustified by anything that is, that's factual. And his, this is a clip, this is the very first clip Biden had no notice. You can quick play that, Joe. Mr. President, how much advance notice did you have of the FBI's plan to search Mar-a-Lago? I didn't have any advance notice. None. Zero. Not one single bit. Thank you. Mr. President, is this unfair to people? I would like to call hogwash. I don't say bad words in this show. I can say another word. I'll say hogwash. I'm going to call hogwash. There is no way. Well, I should say this. There's no way someone very high up in the Biden administration, higher than Biden, meaning Obama, Soros, the, the real cabal running America, those people got consulted. There's no way the DOJ would execute an unprecedented search warrant for, as we're discovering, no reason whatsoever, no justification without some very high up approval. Uh, Biden says he didn't know. There's some argument out there, there's language. In fact, I'll have Joe put up quickly, language in what this judge who ordered the special master, she put in the, uh, in the language she put out available to the public in justifying her decision to uh, have a special master. Uh, she, there's an underlined portion uh, in a footnote in which is basically saying that, um, the materials in question, independent federal agency, blah, blah, with providing the FBI access to the records in question as requested by the incumbent president. 
beginning as early as May of 2022. Now, there's some dispute about whether that line is referring exactly to what Biden uh, just said, but I'm going to tell you, folks, I don't buy it. I mean, I say Biden isn't really running the country, and, and maybe the people who really control him thought it's not even worth asking him, but it is not true that there was just a no permission given at some very high level. These people had to understand uh, how, how extremely dangerous this was and how really um, provoking this could be of the American people. I'll make very clear. Also, uh, I, I feel very sure they're headed toward indicting President Trump. And as the, the famous line from many people have said about, you know, a prosecutor, any prosecutor worth his salt could indict a ham sandwich, meaning you, if you are determined to indict someone, you can always find some reason to indict them. The left views Trump as such a threat to their future power, they will indict him for something. They just want to cloud over his head. I'm going to come back to that point later in our last segment about... Um, uh, about what's occurring in um, the, the MAGA, essentially the, the last segment called MAGA outlives, uh, will outlive by, live, uh, Trump. MAGA will outlive Trump. But I do want to quickly tell you one other thing uh, that is tied to a show later in the week, and, and, um, and that is this. So, and welcome back to our radio listeners. So, there was a, a little uh, thing that occurred online um, that was being shown to people, and this is actually happening in England. In England, because the Green New Deal lunacy has been taken so far, and therefore that they have they don't have sufficient energy, all due to Green New Deal policies, you know, this climate emergency, got to have Green New Deal, that in England, there is the uh, price of the their fuel to heat their homes, uh, to be comfortable in their homes, to have power in their homes, has gotten so high that a television network now has a, you know, spin the wheel. You too could win, you know, the right to have the network cover your energy costs. They actually make it a game on television because everyone recognizes we're in big trouble. People cannot afford to pay for the energy to heat their homes. So, or, or air conditioners, whatever way it goes. So uh, this was a, uh, this is the second thing I sent you, Joe, uh, the Brits get desperate game show to pay energy bills. If you can quick do that. Okay, here we go. So we've got, we've got, we'll pay your energy bills. We've got a thousand pounds as well. So this is energy bills, I think, for four months if it stops on that. Nice. Uh, so how are your, how, how are your energy bills? Are you a bit worried about it all? Oh, major. Yeah. Are you? I've got, I've got one of these prepayment meters, and it's absolutely murder. Oh God. Right. Well I want you to. I mean, I don't even know how to respond to some of these things, except to say nothing that's happening in the world of energy shortage is necessitated by lack of energy or by climate change. All of this, the orchestration of high energy prices, insufficient energy resources is manipulated. It is created. In England, there's no reason, no reason that country cannot have sufficient energy resources, no reason that prices have to be so high for energy in England that they, that a television show that gives away, you know, spin the wheel, you might be the one that wins the free energy. I mean, that would be laughable, laughable, and should be laughable in all of Western civilization, in all the world. 
But it's happening because we in this country have fallen prey to the climate change lunacy, climate change hysteria. So everything the left wants to do, everything they say must happen. So we can't drill anymore, and we can't be we can't be uh, getting all the, the uh, oil and natural gas uh, to people. And we have to rely on increasingly unreliable sources of renewable energy. And so we all have to cut back. Now, I'm before I launch to the rest, of what I'm going to say. Let me say this. If there really were an emergency, the American people, let's come back to America, the American people are very generous people. If you recall the history, if you read it all like during World War II, America was told, you know, we have, we, because we've got to build up our uh, military, we have so much need there. So we had, they had tire drives, like rubber tires used in your car. And they had people, I mean, around the country were, were coming together and they were sacrificing and they were, they were, you know, doing whatever the government was asking them to do, all to help the war effort. The American people are generous and good and they will sacrifice sacrifice when there's a legitimate need, as there was then. As there was here in Texas, when we had that massive freeze a couple of years ago. We had a massive, massive freeze, and many pe people died, and people lost power in their homes. So the governor came on and said, look, if you still have power, turn the heat way down. This is when it's like frigid, frigid outside, below zero for weeks on end, or 10 days, I guess it was. Feels like weeks on end. But the governor said, if you still have power, turn the temperature down your house. Everybody I knew did that. We did that. Everyone did it. People will sacrifice if there's a reason, a legitimate reason. What I'm getting at is there is no reason on this planet Earth for the UK to have such an energy shortage that now we are talking about having a television show become popular because you might win the, spiel, the spin the wheel and get them to pay your energy bills. In California, we now have a new rule. California has announced that you are no more uh, cars that operate on diesel fuel, operate on fossil fuel, no more new cars as of the year 2035. So everyone's got to convert to, you know, these ridiculous, outrageously expensive, unreliable cars that are not, that are not run on fossil fuels, these electric cars, wherever they are. And so you, right now, they already have an energy shortage in California. So the governor's come on saying, you know, everybody, we got an energy shortage coming, you know, uh, turn down your air conditioning because it's still hot, a lot of places there. And don't charge your car overnight. Don't charge your electric car. So you, you're, you're being forced into electric cars, but they don't have the energy to let you charge them. All of this is absurdity, absurdity. There's no reason we should be doing this except that we have allowed the climate change alarmist liars, the climate change alarmist myth makers, to make us all afraid of having normal access to normal amounts of energy, to developing new energy resources. America has sufficient energy resources to keep us all comfortable and our cars running and our homes heated in the winter and cooled in the summer. It's like for 250 years, if we never develop one more thing, we have that. And yet in America, everyone's, and our gas prices are really high. People can't afford them. We just came back from a month in California. Now, I know I have a lot of listeners in California, but here in Texas, you know, gas is much cheaper. In California, it was getting up to $5, $5 for a gallon of gas. I mean, people cannot afford to do that. And it's going up and up. So I'm getting around to saying, if you understand how, if you don't understand how much climate change is manipulating life, and you want to understand whether climate change hysteria is justified alarmism, or is it not, is it unjustified, do we not need to indulge in all of this climate change 
you know, uh, unnecessary sacrifice, I urge you to tune into my show on Thursday. This Thursday, let me grab my book. This Thursday, we have a great guest joining me on my show. My Thursday shows are a full one-hour interview with one person. This week, it's an author named Mark Morano. Mark Morano, this is his book. This is not his most recent book, but this book was very, very recent. He's a prolific writer, and he wrote this book, Green Fraud, Why the Green New Deal is Even Worse Than You Think. He also, um, he's written other books also, um, We and the newest one's coming out maybe is this week, but the newest one he has, um, was, and by the way, this one, Green Fraud, has a forward by Mark Stein, who's brilliant. The other one, he has a new one's called The Great Reset, Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown. Um, global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown. He's saying, they're going to lock you down permanently. You need to understand where this whole climate change is headed. It's not going to end. It, we're using COVID and fears of the next virus and fears about you know, becoming ill or something. COVID is justification that the globalists use to take away your freedom. And so is climate change. And this guy, Mark Morano, can't wait for the show. Mark your calendar for Thursday, Thursday, September 8, 3 p.m. Mark Morano joining us, talk about his books. Um, he actually was originally the author of The Politically Incorrect Guide to Climate Change. Really urge you to listen on Thursday, um, hear all about this guy and his efforts to spread truth and facts about well, climate change and how we don't need to be in this mode of absolute hysteria as we are in this. We're, we're giving up our freedom, our comfort. And you know, I saw Lauren Boebert had a tweet out today. You know, if you keep letting them, they're going to control what kind of car you can drive and where you can go. I mean, she's trying to warn people, understand, they're going to use climate fears if you're easily manipulable about COVID, about climate, or any other fear they think up, you are going to lose your freedom. And you're going to be told, you, you know, you're doing the right thing to stand up for the world, and you're going to lose your freedom. We are in a perilous time in this country, in this world, where leftists see, they, they, they think they're almost there with having global governance, with having the left control most of what you're able to do. And they all they they do believe. I mean, they they will tell you they're just trying to save you, keep you safe, keep you healthy. You're going to end up losing all your freedom. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going to like it. When you get there, you're going to think, where were the people who stood up? Why didn't some of us stand up before it got too late? Okay, I do one more topic today. I called it MAGA will outlive Trump, but I'm going to get to it in just one second. But I first want to tell you, we have a fabulous development on my summit. If you have not yet gone to our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. At that website, you will see our summit advertised. I do an annual summit called Women for Freedom. Women for Freedom, the website is americacanwetalk.org. And the, the uh, third annual Women for Freedom Summit is coming up on October 15th. And we have such an amazing array of speakers, I can hardly tell you. And I want to urge you, because this isn't just, it is like what Clay Clark does. It, this isn't just people who will spew, you know, slogans and rah-rah. Uh, you know, these are substantive, serious, brilliant thinkers, brilliant people who are going to speak about the many challenges facing America. Our, our latest news is we we have Laura Logan joining us. Uh, we have a Friday night, very special VIP 
function. We have for our sponsors and speakers Friday night, we have Dr. Simone Gold, who will then be out of jail by then, out of prison. She's in prison over, the, over doing absolutely nothing wrong on January 6th. She's going to join us, Dr. Simone Gold, founder of America's Frontline Doctors, going to join us to talk about the uh, COVID farce and, and the, uh, what we have to do moving forward to develop a healthcare system we can live with um, and, and live freely under. Uh, and she's going to talk about the rule of law, what happened on January 6th. She's a remark. She's a friend. First of all, she's a remarkable speaker. She'll be there Friday night speaking about those things. That's for sponsors. And Saturday night, we have Laura Logan, and she's our special sponsor speaker on Saturday night. Laura Logan is the one who just produced and made the new film Election Code or Selection Code. She speaking, uh, along with an array of amazing speakers. We have Sidney Powell, uh, extraordinary legal mind, going to talk about the rule of law in America, a lack thereof. Uh, we have Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer, uh, who is the gentleman who was a Space Force commander, wrote a book about Marxism having invaded the military. He was kicked out. He's talking about Marxism in America. Kevin Freeman, one of the most brilliant minds on e economics in America, and how we, and, and he'll touch on things Talking about a moment ago, a digital currency. He's going to talk about those kind of issues. Uh, Frank Gaffney, longtime personal friend, founder of Center for Security Policy, all sorts of security policy issues. Gordon Chang, world-renowned, prominent expert on China, going to be talking about the threat China poses uh, in America, what they're trying to do to America to, to become the world's single superpower. Uh, Reggie Littlejohn, a brilliant woman, good friend also. She's well, worked in China. She's the one I was alluding to earlier who had tried to raise the alarm bell about the social credit score system that happens in China. They're bringing it to America. Dr. Richard Bartlett, also dear friend, been on my show many times, lives in Midland. He and his wife came in last year and again this year talking about COVID and the various remedies that were available. But he's really on to talking about moving forward in this country, moving forward to hold on to healthcare freedom. We have Sharona Bishop. She had the FBI break down her door, join that club for speaking up about election fraud in Colorado. She's a wonderful, brilliant, uh, wonderful activist. Uh, another new speaker, Raymond Ibrahim, been on the show numerous times. He's an expert on Islam, just extraordinary expert on Islam. And, you know, we, we always stop worrying about Islam until there's another jihadist attack. And then they go, wait a minute, why do those people do this? Great, great, great speaker and guy. Jason Isaac, wonderful, wonderfully well-informed, great guy at Texas Public Policy Foundation. He's going to talk about climate change and fossil fuels and how fossil fuels are not actually going to kill us all after all. He's got facts and figures uh, just like this Mark Morano. Um, it will, those kind of, that kind of data that talks about fossil fuels are not hurting us. CO2 is not hurting us. Learn the facts, spread the word. CO2 is not bad. More of it would be good. We don't have to be fighting CO2 and the creation of CO2. We have Tina Peters, who is the extraordinary former election clerk in Colorado, who's now been indicted for exposing to the world what the Dominion voting machines do. We have Sam Favis, who is just a former CIA operative of immense, uh, he's a fabulous writer, thinker about national, all sorts of issues, national security, uh, foreign policy. Uh, Evan Sayet, I was talking to him in the car on the way here. Um, he's gonna talk about, uh, he wrote a book, The Woke, the, the woke Supremacy, and um, just what the agenda is by the woke, what they're doing, how we have to you know, counter them. And then Christy Hutcherson is an, a, 
a fabulous expert on the border. She found a Women Fighting for America, WFFA, was on the show a month ago or so. Um, she's going to be joining us talking about what's really happening at the border, enough to keep you awake at night. So it's going to be a fabulous summit. I really encourage you. It is on our website, americacanwetalk.org. Buy a ticket. We have a Friday night VIP function. We have a Saturday night VIP function. We have a full packed day, all day Saturday. That's the only complaint I ever got about this summit. It goes, we just go all day. We go all day because the point is you'll learn so much. You'll learn facts and figures. You'll learn arguments to make. You'll learn data to use. You will go out armed to, with knowledge and information to stand up for America. It's a great day. I'd love to have every single one of you listening come to the summit in Dallas. Love to have you. Okay, so my last topic for today I called MAGA will outlive Trump. And I want to just make this point about how hysterical Joe Biden is, um, and he is—he's beyond hysterical. If you did not see his speech, I did—I did watch it painfully. I did watch the speech that uh, Joe Biden gave uh, at Independence Hall, and I'll just quickly tell you about that. So Joe Biden gave this speech about, uh, and you know, he had this—it was very, very bizarre. He got a lot of criticism over it. Uh, very dark stage, you know this ugly blood, it looks sinister, blood red lights, I mean, really ugly, very, very dark, like Darth Vader or something. And then you can see in the outline, he has these two military guys standing at attention. It was creepy beyond, beyond words. And he was basically hysterically attacking the American people. He was on and on and on attacking the American people, calling them the MAGA Republicans. Let me make something clear. I have many, many points I want to make about this. And I think they all matter because you'll hear people defending Joe Biden. Well, you know, he's just telling his side of the story. Let me make something, many, many points clear because they're very, very important. One is with respect to the whole argument that, you know, he's just attacking the MAGA agenda. What Joe Biden says over and over and over and over in these speeches, and he had another one he did on Labor Day. I have a clip of that. I think I have a clip of that. Uh, we have a clip of that? Yeah, we do. Okay. So we'll get to that in a second. But what he's really attacking, he keeps saying... Biden keeps saying, I'm attacking the ideology, the MAGA ideology, the MAGA ideology. Let me make something clear, folks. The only complaint Biden is making is that he is livid that the American people will not shut up about the stolen election. That's all he's saying. That's all. The left thought they could steal the 2020 election and that the American people, after being mocked, ridiculed, made fun of, everything they do, prosecuted, persecuted, that they would just surrender. they say, okay, okay, you stole the election, but go ahead. But it's not happening. He's livid that there are still American people who are standing up and speaking up about the stolen election and will not stop. That's all he's come. It's not ideology. Ideology can be, you know, what is your border policy? What is your tax policy? What's your military policy? That's ideology. Or do you believe in socialism versus freedom? Do you believe in communism versus America and capitalism? Those are ideology. He's not talking about any of that. All he's talking about is he's livid that these stupid Americans will not just shut up and put up with a stolen election. That's his message. Number two. People keep saying, well, you know, it's 50-50, you know, people, he's talking to half America. No. MAGA America, the idea of people who believe in the agenda of MAGA, not whether they like or don't like Trump, but the agenda of MAGA is a vast majority of Americans. I mean, name the last time you ever saw a pro-Biden rally anywhere in your whole life, as a matter of fact, in your whole life. 
Biden was in Wisconsin on Labor Day, and he spoke at some, so Wisconsin, big Democrat state, you know, he's got the labor union crowd there, it's a big labor union speech. He couldn't fill that space. I don't think I got that clip. But someone actually showed the arena. I mean, it's a dinky arena compared to what Trump fills, and it was not filled, even close. Biden can't gather a crowd. There are no boat parades. There are no rallies. He couldn't get people there because no one agrees with him and no one likes what he's doing. He's got power and he's going to keep trying to tell you that everyone loves what he's doing, but he doesn't. So Biden, when he attacks MAGA America, he's really attacking the vast majority of Americans. Number three, and this is a point I want to keep hitting and hitting and hitting. Biden and the DOJ and the FBI think if they can just shut Trump down, if they can just humiliate him, if they can just make him unable to run, if they can just indict him, maybe send him off to prison, you, you know they would do, they would seek any punishment they thought was viable if they could do it. They want Trump gone from the planet, from the American political scene, more than they want life itself. This is how strongly the Biden team and the anti-American left feels about Trump. But I want to make this point, and I urge you to really think about it. What Trump did when he ran in 2015 and 2016 and during his presidency was restore the idea of America. He restored the love of America. He helped people see how over the last 80 to 100 years, the anti-American leftist, socialist, communist, American ideology had grown and grown and grown through the universities and then down to the lower schools from kindergarten on, how the anti-American socialist communist ideology had penetrated the institutions of America, uh, the corporations of America, many of them doing all sorts of loony leftist things, how the ideology of anti-Americanism had grown and grown and grown over decades, it, it became part of our national policy, part of our foreign policy, this kind of unspoken assumption that America not only was no big deal, but America had a lot to apologize for, a lot of things that are wrong about America, a lot of things wrong in history. And so, you know, America deserved to be attacked and should be belittled, should be shut down, should be treated as unimportant. The left has been pushing this message for decades, decades. What Trump did is help Americans see that. What Trump did was help the American people see that you're watching the destruction, the slow rolling destruction of your country. It got greatly accelerated, accelerated um, under the Obama-Biden eight-year term when they worked very, very hard to just slowly, slowly work away at, attack, minimize, just speak in ugly attacking terms about America. When Trump came along and ran, it's like he, he just woke the people up. And so the people started to realize, yeah, why, why do we have trade deals that always make things worse for the American economy and better for the communist Chinese? Why do we continue to have treaties of all kinds that cause America to be somehow submissive to the international globalist socialist agenda? Why do we minimize America? Why do we let the 1619 Project and many of the other left-wing attack jobs on America continue to characterize America and the American people as wrong, as evil, as bad? It's really important to understand what Trump did. And whether you like him or hate him, I don't really care. What he did was awaken the love of America, respect for America, um, in the eyes and ears and the thinking of millions and millions and millions and millions of Americans.
They saw more clearly than ever before how deeply America had been under ideological assault from the anti-American left for decades. And so Trump came along and said, you know what? America's great. We're going to make it great again. And that spirit really incentivized, it really inspired, it just moved people. And that's why they go to his rallies. It's not personal, sycophantish worship of Trump. It is love that he is speaking truth about America, which is the entire point of my show. As I said, even before Trump came along, I started doing this show, 2014. I started talking about the importance, the uniqueness, and the greatness of America. It's the whole reason I do this show. I don't talk about other issues. I just talk about saving America. So back to where we are now. Biden is hysterically trying to attack Trump, and he keeps attacking MAGA Americans. And I tell you, the best answer to him, the most important thing to understand is MAGA, the ideas of loving America, will long outlive Trump. Biden thinks, the left thinks, that they can take Trump out, somehow get him arrested, that the whole MAGA movement will die. That is not true. The spirit is right there with us. The spirit of loving America is right in the hearts and the minds of the American people and is not going to die. It's not going to go away, even if they manage somehow to get, and that, this is not to take away from Trump. Trump is uniquely, extraordinarily responsible for renewing and awakening America to see what the left have been doing to this country, to help us appreciate what America is and what it, what it is doing for the world and what it needs to be, that America is, is unique and extraordinary and great. Trump, hold, he, he did that and, he, and he, uh, he deserves great praise. But we can't concede if the left somehow, or even after Trump is long gone from the planet Earth, the, the movement of MAGA, the movement of respecting and loving America, must be maintained and perpetuated and growing because we are the country that deserves to be and must be the leader for freedom in the world. Radio listeners, they're back tomorrow. And so I didn't get that any fast enough. The radio listeners are gone for today. But for everyone else listening, I will tell you, I close out the show every day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So... We start our show today uh, talking about Trump's special master ruling threatens Democrats. Appointment of special master for Mar-a-Lago raid blows up the Democrat gaslighting. May also blow up Democrat plan to indict Trump before the midterms, which is exactly what they want to do. Circumstances could not be more special justified for appointing a special master. First ever raid by an incumbent, incumbent president against a past president broke nearly 250 years of tradition, raid was at best wildly overbroad. Medical records, tax records, baron's room, privileged documents. Don't be gaslit and don't indulge arguments about legalities and technicalities. An honest, ethical, nonpartisan DOJ and FBI should and would welcome the appointment of a special master. Special master's independent verification of the DOJ FBI professionalism would be powerful support. But the DOJ and the FBI are outraged. Why? There is no good reason. They simply do not want their corruption exposed. Voting machine companies should want to be audited. The CDC, the FDA, the pharmaceutical companies should want to share clinical trial data. Yet they all hide it. They all fight transparency. Common sense tells you why. Do not be fooled by their gaslighting. On Executive Order 14067, Central Bank Digital Currency, do not be confused or misled or fooled. Central Bank Digital Currency is a formidable tool for control of individual people. If all the money can only be digitally, electronically accessed, 
access can be denied. Just ask the Canadians. So the questions are, what reasons are sufficient to deny anyone access to their own money? Who decides whose access can be denied? And think how Biden and his team are treating Mar-a-Lago and Trump. That'll be you if you get in their crosshairs. To accept digital currency in the name of convenience is to accept slavery in the name of safety. Digital currency is a critical tool for imposing communism. Americans must oppose and reject. And Brits get desperate game show to pay energy bills. Uh, American media are deliberately leaving millions uninformed about what's happening in Europe. Green New Deal globalists are deliberately engineering energy shortages to drive a transition away from fossil fuels. EU energy prices are skyrocketing five times, ten times, impossible for small businesses and families. Intentional action by European ruling elites blaming Putin is transparently false. Now a UK game show where prizes involve payment of utility bills, a stunning level of mockery and condescension toward the common man and woman. Ruling elites believe the common man or woman is ignorant and sheepish, the masses, and will simply take whatever is dished out to them because of fear of climate change. Rumbles of rebellion are rising everywhere. Severe winter ahead. And don't forget to tune into Thursday's show and listen to Mark Morano explain more. And on my last topic, MAGA will outlive Trump. Check out my personally email column on September 2nd. I struck a profound chord with a listener who lived in a communist country. I, can't, I got the most moving letter from a listener who said I hit the nail on the head in my letter, in my, my weekly column, my personally column, about what, the, um, about what really occurred and what, what is happening to our country right now, why Biden is so hysterical. Biden's speeches are dark, his visage is angry, his message opposed to the vast majority of Americans who do want to make America great again. A dangerous and senile man who should not be occupying the presidency. Biden and the Democrats complained for four years that the 20 election, 2016 election was stolen, produced no evidence, never asked for an election audit, just asked for Russia collusion investigation, which found nothing. Biden and the Dems now want to silence any question of the 2020 election, despite overwhelming and growing evidence of massive 50-state fraud. Biden and the left are fighting against truth, and they will lose. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. I thank you so much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. Can We Talk? Truth about America.